you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host Gemma and today we are continuing with our Business Matters series, looking at business and transport and the economy all across the north of England. Today, I'm delighted to have Craig Whitaker, MP, as my guest. He is the Member of Parliament for Calder Valley. Hello to you, Craig. Yeah, good morning, Gemma. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you today? Very well, indeed. Jolly good. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's it's great to have you here dialing in all the way from uh, sunny Yorkshire, always sunny uh, in, in God's own county, I'm sure. Tell us um, a bit about yourself, please, Craig, and about your, your career today um, as an MP and, 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 and what that what that means to you. Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, I'm Craig Whitaker. I'm the MP for the Great Calder Valley which is the wonderful gateway to the Pennines uh, up, up here in West Yorkshire. And uh, I've been a member of parliament since 2010. So uh, almost 12 years, which uh, has flown by in so many respects. Um, and I've done a plethora of things uh, since being an MP, um, sat on the Education Select Committee for five years. Uh, I was a government minister in uh, the WHIPS office. I did multiple jobs in there. Uh, then I came out uh, just over, oh, I don't know, I was out for two years and then I, I went back in uh, and uh, um, actually resigned yesterday. So uh, uh, so I'm, I'm back to the back benches uh, as of this morning. So uh, So there you go. Tell us also, if you could, Craig, a little bit about the Calder Valley, because some of our listeners may not know, and it's such a beautiful part of the world. It is. It's a wonderful part of the world. I mean, the the clue is in the title. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it is a series of valleys. We have the Upper Calder Valley, which uh, runs from Tomerden through Hebden Bridge uh, to London and Foot. Then we have the Ryburn Valley, which is uh, Rippenden uh, and Rishworth and outlying areas up there. That comes all the way down through Greetland and Staneland to to the lower Calder Valley, where you've got Elland, Brighouse and Rastrick uh, and Hipperham and Lightcliffe. So a real mix and uh, bespoke individual communities and very different communities. Uh, I always say we've got five very different communities, Tobinden being one, Hebden Bridge, Rippenden, Elland and Brighouse are the main uh, main towns, uh, and they are all very, very different in nature. So a great place to live, uh, great uh, countryside around us. Obviously, most people live in the bottom of the valleys and work in the bottom of the valleys. Uh, we have great transport links to uh, Manchester and Leeds. I should have said that the other way around. Uh, loyalty to Leeds, not Manchester, of course. Uh, but people do commute between the two. And uh, uh, so it's a great place to live and uh, really accessible to lots of places as well. Mm. Fantastic for sort of leisure and, and, and tourism as well, as you mentioned, you know, yep. the, the, the beauty of the landscapes and the, 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 the gorgeous countryside and so on as well. Traditionally, um, to give us a, an insight into the types of industries that have been based around the, the Calder Valley historically, and then lead us into what the business landscape looks like today. Yes, yeah, I mean, the Calder Valley is quite unique because we have four modes of transport. We've got the, 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 the river, uh, the canal, the road, and of course, the rail links 
uh, and they've been in place. And you can almost plot the industrial revolution uh, via those modes of transport. Um, and we also have the motorway, when I say road links, uh, that, that goes on to the motorway, which of course is the M62 in our part of the world. Um, so, um, you know, textiles has been a bit like in your part of the world, over in over on the dark side in Lancashire, uh, uh, you know, textiles, cotton, uh, 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 wool. We have the Peace Hall in Halifax, which is world famous, not just famous locally, but it is world famous uh, uh, and just been renovated not too many years ago and is a fantastic place to visit if anybody's coming uh, over to this part of the world. Um, but so very textile based um, uh, and now uh, it is high end niche manufacturing, uh, you know, 20% of people in the call, well, it's 19%, I slightly exaggerated, 19% uh, of people in the call the Valley work uh, in manufacturing base still. Uh, so that's quite huge in comparison to the overall country picture. Um, but not big, uh, huge factories, uh, small niche manufacturers doing a whole range of things. We're well known for our valves uh, in the Calder Valley. Uh, we're also uh, well known, uh, we, we have um, uh, Turberg produces all those weird and wonderful uh, 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 vehicles that you see at airports and, and what the police and uh, fire service use. Uh, we have a police conversion uh, factory here that converts uh, run of the so all those uh, uh, non marked up police cars that unfortunately we occasionally see on the motorways uh, are all done here in Berghouse. Um, uh, Mouldings, uh, you name it, we do it. Surgical, uh, everything, uh, and and it's a fabulous place in that regards. But we also have a further. I think it's about 26, 28% of our people here in the Calder Valley work in the financial services sector as well, because traditionally we've had next door in Halifax, we've had the, uh, started off as the biggest building site in the world, which was the Halifax Building Society. Uh, of course, it's now Lloyd's um, and it's been a plethora of other banks over the years, but uh, currently we have Lloyd's and a lot of uh, uh, people in really well-paid jobs uh, live in the Calder Valley. I'm I'm so glad you mentioned a couple of things within there. So first of all, the um the the, the waterways, of course, massively important as you referenced um, with the industrial revolution, particularly for the textile industries and moving goods um, all around our region. Uh, but also the 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 peace hall in Halifax. There was some filming there recently, wasn't there, for um, a big a big blockbuster film. So yeah, it's great to hear about those particular um, unique kind of uh, places uh, within your area. There's, there's great to hear that there are uh, such there is such diversity in those industries today, and I think that's really important in terms of encouraging skills uh, into the area. People having lots of different opportunities. What would you say are some of the main benefits for businesses of setting up their their shop, so to speak, in the Calder Valley? Yeah, well, the, uh, actually, but just before we move on to that, Gemma, the, the, there's one industry that is really starting to boom here as well, which um, which I didn't mention, and that's the arts. Mm. Uh, you, you know, we do lots, lots and lots of TV productions here. Sally Wainwright, of course, uh, you know, uh, Gentleman Jack was filmed here in the Calder Valley. Uh, Last Tango in Halifax is filmed here, partly in the Calder Valley. 
you know, Happy Valley, uh, you know, with Sarah Lancashire, uh, all, all filmed here. And the arts, particularly in the Upper Calder Valley, around places like uh, Hebden Bridge. Uh, Ted Hughes, of course, was the poet laureate. With Sylvia Plath is buried here. Uh, you, you know, so we have a very big arts culture here as well. So, uh, you know, there's lots of reasons uh, to, to to come to the Calder Valley. Uh, uh, you know, not just if you're a traditional manufacturer or in, indeed a specialist manufacturer. I mean, the, the, the great thing about the Calder Valley, of course, is its diversity. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, business, whether it's manufacturing, w whatever it is, we've got everything here for everybody. Uh, I mean, it's quite interesting that when Media City opened in uh, in Salford, uh, a lot of people live in the Calder Valley because of the transport links. It, it is so easy to get into Manchester via train. Uh, you can go on the bus if you so wish. Uh, and of course, the motorway link. So, uh, you, you know, it, it's just a great, it's the centre of the earth, as we, we say here in uh, in the Calder Valley. Uh, there's no other place to live or work. <laughs> Quite well, simple. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you've sell, you're selling it very, very well there. In terms of those transport links then, and obviously, again, you, you know, you referenced right at the start, the water, the railways, um, the, the roads as, 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 as key ones. How does transport enable um, business opportunities and economic growth? And what are the specific transport interventions that, that you're uh, wanting to see for the area? Yeah, well, well, actually, that's a really good question, because uh, what we currently see in the upper Calder Valley, for example, some of the traditional industries are moving out of the upper Calder Valley because of uh, access to markets. Uh, yes, there is a road. Because we live in a valley, there's only one main road. And if there's an accident or there's roadworks or uh, as we've just had for several years, the uh, the flood defence works being done in Mythamroyd. Uh, you, you know, the time it takes to get, say, from Tobman to Brighouse uh, can be, uh, in, uh, you know, prohibitive for a lot of things. So, um, so, so it's vital. Transport is absolutely vital for for the local economy because, um, unfortunately, we've seen the Upper Calder Valley suffer in regards to business who have been moving to places like Brighouse and what we call Southeast Calderdale uh, because of the access links to the motorway. Um, so. It's absolutely vital that uh, transport is is good and improved and better, not just for, for for us getting on the train to go to work, but transporting goods as well, because that's more, you know more important now than it ever has been, uh, because a lot of our roads are so congested. And uh, okay, the motorways fairly fast flowing most days, uh, but we do have problems on the mo motorways, but. Those uh, those single access roads like we see in the upper Calder Valley uh, can be a real problem and on a daily basis sometimes. Yeah, absolutely right. The M62, of course, the um, only fully dualed uh, east-west road um, for you know for miles and miles and miles, and you know far too regularly becoming um, congested, especially now that we're sort of seeing um, much more back to normal, so to speak, um, traffic levels. I don't know if you've um, seen our freight and logistics strategy that went out to consultation a couple of weeks ago, Craig, but that again highlights the importance of uh, the, the goods movements, of course, and getting HGVs off the roads onto, onto rail as a key way to 
free up um, road space, obviously to age decarbonisation as well, and to hopefully make the whole thing much more efficient and practical. You touched on a few of the uh, sort of local types of journeys or places that people would be moving to. How does the transport links on a sort of wider scale impact Calder Valley? Um, you know, what about things like HS2 potentially uh, or potentially not coming to Leeds as, as outlined in the IRP a few months ago? How do those sort of um, more, more um, wider scale transport intervention, interventions fit in for the Calder Valley? Uh, well, well, they're massively important, not just for the Calder Valley, but for the North as a singular unit. Unfortunately, uh, over the years, you know, Manchester's very much acted by itself. Uh, Yorkshire's got its own way. The North East has gone that, you know, so you've got, instead of acting as one whole, uh, you've got all these different bids and, and projects going on, which don't necessarily interconnect. Um, look, you know, on the whole, we have good transport links around our country. The problem for us is capacity on the links we have. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, we have the East or the West Coast main lines, but that's all we have. Uh, and if uh, I, I, you know, go down to London to work in Westminster on a Sunday evening uh, um, to, to free up some time on Monday, uh, and quite often that's when they're doing upgrades or work or what have you. So, you know, what should take two two hours from Leeds, for example, ends up taking four hours. Uh, and, you know, it's a it's a real pain in the neck. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it before. Power lines down, points failures, all those types of things. It just, you know, we go from having a great rail system to total chaos, like within minutes. Uh, and that's the real problem for us. Um, I mean, you know, you know, let's not forget uh, the biggest uh, transport infrastructure uh, commitments in regards to money that we've had since the Industrial Revolution, 96 billion pounds, which is fantastic news. OK, there are some disappointments in there, uh, but the reality is, uh, you know, we are getting HS2 to the north. It's coming you know, sadly not to Leeds. It should have been Leeds instead of Manchester. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're still getting high speed rail to the north, which is important because we need that capacity. Um, I, I, I don't quote me on the exact sat stats, but I think the East Coast uh, is running at about 96% capacity. The West Coast is even higher than that. It's about 97, 98% capacity. Uh, you know, common sense would tell you that there ain't nowhere else to go. Uh, and until we have these big national infrastructure spends, uh, then, uh, you know, and uh, look, I'm incredibly proud as a conservative how much money uh, since I came into power we have committed. The problem, of course, with all this stuff is that, you know, HS2, in fact, I'll probably not be alive when it's delivered fully. Uh, you know, everything takes so long. Uh, and that's the real issue that, you know, from it's great that governments commit money, but until we physically see spades in the ground and uh, progress happening, then people quite often don't feel as though it's going to get better. Um, and, and that's the real problem with some of these big infrastructure spends is that the, the time scales they take. Um, so I'd like to see many more uh, quick fix solutions. Uh, you know, we, we've got the Transpennine upgrade happening here, for example. Uh, another really quick fix for us uh, on the Calder Valley line, which comes through the, uh, the Calder Valley, obviously, from Leeds to Manchester, uh, would be electrification. 
we're still, you know, we've, we've just had the delivery of some fantastic CAF 195 trains for commuters, which, uh, uh, which are, you know, far better than the old pater trains that we used to have. Uh, you know, some of us campaigned for, well, decades to get rid of those awful things that we had. Uh, now we've got the new trains. Unfortunately, they're not electric, you know, they're, they're diesel. And, uh, you, you know, there's so many more benefits to having electrification uh, than, than that. I know we've got some problems on the Transpennine line, for example, because of the tunnel. Um, but, you know, we, we seriously need to look at different options. Uh, you know, battery powered, I know, is being looked at. Hydrogen trains are, well, in fact, we've got hydrogen trains uh, uh, being tested and being used as we speak. Um, you know, so there's lots and lots of opportunity. The big problem is that these things take so long. Uh, and um, if there's one thing that we need to try and fix as a nation is how do we get from commitment to spending to delivery uh, uh, would be a huge, huge benefit to everybody if we could do that much quicker than we do. Mm. I, I think you make some really interesting points there. You, you are correct on, on those statistics, certainly for Northern and Transpennine Express. The figures are around sort of 90 percent of pre-COVID levels. Um, and interestingly, it's 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 often the, the more leisure services. So weekend services that are becoming a bit busier as people are getting out and about more and actually choosing the train rather than the car for those leisure opportunities, which is really interesting. And um, the other thing, you absolutely make a, a, a great point about the need um, for capacity, um, but, but you're right, HS2, Northern Powerhouse Rail, massive infrastructure projects that that take time. They, they're, they're always going to take a certain amount of time. They have to, they are huge, but you're right in that in the meantime, we also need to be supporting the quicker fix ones, the more localised ones, and doing it all in a joined up approach, I think is really important as well, because, you know, if we do in the, the ones that we can do on the ground now, whilst also knowing what we're aiming for longer term, we can make sure it all matches up so that, you know, years to come, it does all work together as, as one holistic network. On that, and you touched on it at, at the start, Craig, the sort of um, one north approach, the north of England working together with a, with a, with a regional voice. How do you think that that helps to support this and, you know, the, the, the drive towards economic opportunities, more investment, better transport connectivity? Uh, well, hugely, because if you if you think about it, um, if if you say to somebody come to Calderdale, which is our local borough here, um, you look on a map and where is Calderdale? There's no such place. So how, how do you sell that? I mean, we've got so many issues in regards to uh, even down to skilled labour. Let, let, let's talk about the NHS, for example. Um, you know, we've got a teaching hospital in Leeds. We've got a teaching hospital in uh, in Manchester. And the little guys in the middle like Calderdale hospitals, uh, you know, here in Kirk, uh, sorry, Calderdale and Huddersfield next door, which is one trust. Um, they struggle to recruit because, uh, you know, you've got these big boys next door that are, uh, you know, a real uh, uh, pull for young people wanting to, you know, bounce off other people, see the latest technology being rolled out and used in medicine. Um, so it's how do we promote uh, how, you know, as an individual place like Calderdale, yes, we can promote it on, a, a, you know, to a level, but if we're promoting that as a northern opportunity, uh, you know, in the mix, that's got to be a much better uh, message uh, than than we currently have these, you know, 
uh, disparate messages that go out all over the place. And, and that's why some places do really well. You look at what's happening in the Midlands, you know, there's a fantastic mayor down there uh, that, that really does promote the, the Midlands. Have a look at Ben Houchin up in the in the northeast, what he's doing up there. Um, uh, of course, Andy Burnham to the left of us is doing his bit, and Tracy Braven. But 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 this middle bit, the north, what what we call the proper north. Let's let's face it. You know, forget those further north and those south. They're not really north. Um, uh, you, you know, we've we've got we've got individual uh, uh, agendas going on for their own areas. You know, I, I do it for, for, for the Calder Valley over any other area. That's that's what we do. But there's no uh, there's no molding from Liverpool to Hull that says, look, we're, we're this powerhouse and we are a powerhouse uh, of, of a, you know, a region. And surely it's much better to, to shout from one voice than having uh, these very disparate messages going out and particularly with you know if, i mean i as you know I, I i work in london four days a week um and when you see the amount of investment that comes into london uh, and i'm not talking about the city here i'm talking about you know development full stop um it's because it's london uh, and, and, you know, if we had a similar message for the North, I mean, if you look at the great cities of the North, uh, and there's only four, Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds and Hull, uh, 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 you know, that's that's a, a much stronger message uh, than, uh, than, than we currently have. Well, certainly transport for the North is, is, is doing its part to shout as loud as we can, of course, through our board bringing together the the 20 local transport authorities, the 11 local enterprise partnerships to bring both political and, and business together. But um, yeah, so that 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 one one North regional voice is certainly coming out from from our work. Well, that's why Transport of the North was set up initially. It was the first, uh, uh, you know, single entity outside Transport for London. Uh, out, you know, so it's it's a, it's a great opportunity to do exactly what you you know what we've spoke about already and that's uh, m making a real joined up approach uh, to transport um you know it's ridiculous that it takes up to 4 hours to go from Hull to Liverpool uh you know it, it's madness absolutely madness that that happens it's also ridiculous that it takes you know up to 18 hours to deliver biomass pallet uh, sorry biomass pellets from Liverpool port uh, to Drax power station uh, you know, on the other side of Leeds, yeah. uh, and and you know all those things. Those that are up in the early hours in the Calder Valley will see the, uh, you, you know, the, the the train going up to uh, the nuclear power station. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but they're all done uh, um, because of capacity. Uh, whereas, wouldn't it be great if we could, you know, not have to spend that amount of time and money and energy and and all those things that go with it. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Drax. I do become a little bit of a train spotter myself when I see the Drax train uh, coming through Warrington Bank Key Station. I do, I do love to see that one. Um, yeah. Craig, I wonder if we could touch on some of the social challenges um, that Calder Valley faces. Now, it's quite um, quite a rural area um, over the years, obviously, again, being a valley, um, floods quite quite severe at times that we've seen recently. How does improved economic opportunities and more sort of, you know, business investment 
help to, to, to boost, you know, social, um, what's the word I'm looking for, aspirations and kind of boost people's way of life? Well, I, I mean, the other thing that we have in, in the Calder Valley is we have uh, some of the highest uh, uh, salaries in, in West Yorkshire. Uh, and that's because of the nature of what we do here. Um, I, I've mentioned this commutability between Leeds and Manchester several times now. And in places like Hebden Bridge and the Upper Calder Valley, uh, people have come out of the cities um, to, 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 to have, uh, we're not 100% rural, we're semi-rural, uh, but, but have that kind of uh, better quality of life that the country has to offer. Um, so, you know, we have very, very different communities, wealthy communities, poor communities. Um, the biggest challenge for me is with this influx of incomers, as, as they call it. Listen, I came 35 years ago and I'm still an incomer, according to the locals. Uh, but, but the problem with having, uh, you know, people often say to me, um, when I say, well, why don't you get involved in, in, in your local school? Why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you get involved in local community charities and all those types of things? And people say, well, um, we don't feel welcome. And the reason they don't feel welcome is because, of course, the incomers with these higher salaries come and, and they those that grew up here feel left out, uh, which is not in every community, but in places like Hebden Bridge, I have that said to me the most because, you know, people come in and rightly want to get involved in the community. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but uh, it's this perception that, you know, I'm uh, still that, uh, you know, I work in, I stack shelves at Sainsbury's and how can I contribute when you've got four lawyers on the board of governors at the school, for example. Uh, and it's how you break down those barriers and say, look, you know, you have huge amounts to offer, uh, you know, from a, a social point of view. Um, uh, um, so that's one of the, one of the probably the biggest issue that we have in the Upper Calder Valley. Um, uh, uh, good quality jobs. We have very low unemployment in the Calder Valley, which is great. Um, but then you look around, um, you know, I go to businesses two or three times uh, a week on, on, on the norm. 20% uh, of our engineers are going to retire in the next five years. So how do you how do you fix that? So more of our you know, young local people leaving school, think of engineering as a, uh, a an option. Uh, sadly, in schools, uh, you know, the whole aim is to put people through university. As we, we know, that's not always the best route. Um, so, uh, you know, I've been working very closely with local leaders and they've just taken over one of our training centres here locally for that specific reason, to try and get more local young people through things like engineering, uh, and, and trades, which is incredibly important. In fact, I, I think I know more wealthy tradespeople than I do uh, uh, people that have been to university. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's great opportunities there. And it's how we keep those opportunities rolling for all young people, uh, and not just young people, because some people, you know, work in jobs they hate and, and want a career change. How, how, do we, how do we change that as well for people? Because it's, it's all about opportunity. Um, uh, and, you know, that's the great thing about the Calder Valley is that we do have huge amounts of opportunity, huge amounts of diversity. Uh, and it's how we, we you know, a bit like transport. How do we link in the local college to our, uh, you know, bigger uh, manufacturers? We have a great organization here called the CKMA, the uh, Calderdale and Kirklees Manufacturing Alliance. 
all those small micro uh, manufacturers between five and 20 people, uh, I think there's over 400 of them part of that group. And they, uh, you know, they act as one. Uh, so when there are challenges, they work as a group of people uh, like a, a large company. Would. So, you know, lots of issues in there uh, that I've just touched on. But um, yeah, you know, it is a great place to live, but we also have our challenges too. Absolutely. And, and it's so true of, you know, we've done uh, quite a few of these uh, sort of business focused podcast episodes now. And so many of our guests say very similar things in terms of those, you know, we've got to make sure that people have the opportunities in, in all sorts of ways and that they're sort of encouraged uh, and enabled as well. And that's not just enabled for the, the youngsters who know that university isn't the only option, that they could go into an apprenticeship and straight into a trade or or, or, or anything, anything else that may be open to them, but also that, as you say, people just later on in life as well have options and that actually they can commute from Calder Valley into Leeds quite easily therefore opening up a whole new section of, of, of jobs to them and that is so important. Um, we had uh, it was a very busy year last year um, and into this year as well in terms of national policy development. So uh, just a few off the top of my head, we've had the Bus Back Better strategy, the Union Connectivity Review, the Integrated Rail Plan, um, the Leveling Up White Paper just hit recently. All of these things obviously setting national policy positions and, and strategies. How do you think some of those things are supporting the North and what else do you need to see out of those or, or, or other national policies that are coming up? Well, well, the first thing to say about this is that it's for, for the first time we've seen some, uh, uh, you know, whether you agree what's in them or you don't. It's the first time that we've seen some nationally coordinated uh, policy directions in, in this kind of way. And uh, let me just touch on levelling up. You, you know, what really uh, miffs me off is that people say uh, this is a north-south thing. It's not. Uh, you know, we can go east to west up here. You know, the difference between, uh, you, you know, Liverpool and Hull is stark. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, levelling up is about best uh, uh, best practice, uh, best investment opportunities, whatever it is, uh, wherever that may be. Um, so uh, it, it's interesting. I've just done my, uh, I just signed off my annual update. I send out an annual update to every home in the Call of the Valley once a year. Uh, and for the last few years, I've, I've focused it in on what is, you know, what are my five, six top priorities. Uh, and the good news is that all of those priorities are well underway. Um, and, and we sat down and, you know, we've had over half a billion pounds worth of investment over the last, well, not just investment because it's pledged, some of its pledges for investment uh, over the last 12 years since I became the MP, which is a, a great track record. Uh, and that goes from, you know, uh, uh, um, investment into our local hospital reconfiguration. Uh, our hospital in, here in Calderdale is almost doubling in size in, in Huddersfield, but they're getting a new A&E over there. That's something I've been campaigning for for a very long time. That is levelling up. Uh, you know, you mentioned flooding earlier. Uh, the Calder Valley gets hit the, the hardest of all constituencies. Whenever we have major floods up here in the north, it's us that, that, that gets hit the hardest. Again, the clues in the title, we live in valleys. Um, for... 25 years that I've been involved in local politics uh, here, 
uh, we've always struggled uh, because, uh, you know, governments of the day have always said uh, places like the Calder Valley, not enough homes get flooded uh, to warrant getting the investment. Uh, and it was only, uh, you know, I'm going to give a big shout out for Liz Truss here because Liz Truss came up in the 15 floods and said, no, this is this is absurd. And she changed national policy on the back of the Calder Valley. And since then, we've had uh, 150 million pounds in flood investment in the Calder Valley. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the third phase of Tobinan has been completed. We've just opened the 60, 70 million pound project in Mythamroyd, which is OK. It, we will never stop flooding, but it will protect. It, it will give us a much bigger insurance policy against flooding, which is incredibly vital. Liz Truss also said to us, you know, it's not just about building walls, though. We've got to have a catchment plan. Uh, to which the Environment Agency were, ironically, a bit, bit astounded that a Secretary of State was talking about things like catchment plans. Uh, and all of a sudden, guess what happened? We've got a catchment plan. We're, tra uh, you know, planting thousands of trees. Uh, we've got a great charity locally that is doing things like leaky dams all up and down the Calder Valley, all to try and slow down the process of that water coming down the hill. So, uh, you know, lots and lots of money. Uh, uh, we've still got Brighouse to be done. We've still got Hebden Bridge to be done. Hebden Bridge is the next project. Uh, but, you know, those plans are being worked through as we speak, consultations happening. And within the next two or three years, we'll we'll start seeing, you know, we'll see the end of uh, the, the projects in Hebden, Hebden Bridge as well, and we'll start on, on Brickhouse. So all this stuff is levelling up. Uh, you know, I've mentioned the CAF 195 trains earlier, uh, you know, uh, making it much easier, much quicker, uh, all those things for transport. Uh, town centres, um, you know, I've got uh, 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 16, uh, sorry, 17.5 million pounds for Tobinan, for the town fund down there, we've got 19.1 million for Breakhouse. Uh, the both boards are, are working tirelessly to deliver the projects that people want down there. Allen High Street, we've got another seven million pounds for Allen High Street. So lots and lots of things happening. Uh, and you know, uh, so when people say to me, you know, what's this leveling up stuff? Actually, that is leveling up in action, uh, in in a big way. So. I'm incredible. That that to me is what should be happening all over the place. Well, it is happening all over the place. We're not the only, uh, despite what I think, we're not the only constituency in the whole of the UK. Um, uh, um, so so I'm, I'm I'm proud of that, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm proud of the the part that I've played in getting that money. Because trust me, particularly in flooding uh, um, and our hospital reconfiguration. Uh, I my you know hands got uh, red raw from knocking on doors in Whitehall to to make sure people understood how important it was for the people of the Calder Valley. So yeah, that's leveling up in action. Fantastic examples there of how you know national policy sets the sets the scene, and then locally on the ground, it's what do people, communities, businesses actually need? What's going to benefit them? The, the hospitals, the flood defences, and so on and so forth. So. <laughs> fantastic to hear how um yourself and, and and colleagues that are working to 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 support Calder Valley in its um in its ambitions Craig um we are very quickly running out of time so I think I'm going to have to uh wrap it up thank you so much for joining us today um if you would give us your final uh sort of rallying cry for why why anybody should uh do business with Calder Valley or, or come and live or visit Calder Valley 
well, put quite simply, there is only one place on earth worth investing in uh, because we are, you know, we're a great constituency, we're diverse, we have huge amounts of talent, huge amounts of skills, what a great place to put a factory, what a great place to come and do a film, uh, because not only have we got the facilities here, the, the road transport, the, you know, the rail transport, um, it is the best place in the world to live. So come and invest, bring your money, put it in the Calder Valley, we'll gladly accept it. Fantastic. Craig, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been great to speak to you. It's been an absolute pleasure, Gemma, and thank you for asking me. No problem at all. So thank you to all our listeners for tuning in once again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you have missed any of our previous ones, you can find them all on our website. Head to transportforthenorth.com, navigate through the news section to the podcast page, and all our episodes are on there. Remember, you can find us over on Twitter for all the latest updates. So stay in touch and we will see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.